Hi there, I'm Austin Hopkins. And I'm Haley Robinson. And this is the Wild Idaho Podcast, coming to you from the Idaho Conservation League. The Idaho Conservation League is Idaho's leading voice for conservation, protecting the air you breathe, the water you drink, and the land you love. Each month, we'll be exploring a new topic or current event that impacts the environment in Idaho. Join us to learn about the work that we're doing and how you can get involved. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everyone, to another Wild Idaho Podcast. Uh, I am Austin Hopkins, joined, as always, by my co-host... Haley Robinson. Hi, Austin. Nice to be here, as usual. Perfect. Uh, and Haley and I are joined by Ben Otto, ICL's energy associate. And uh, are you our only superhero in office? Do we have Do we have a Captain Hydro? I'm the only currently caped superhero. Okay. But we're working on uh, expanding the ranks to others. <laughs> if, if you haven't heard about Captain Kilowatt, pause this podcast and Google Captain Kilowatt, and then come back or listen to the podcast while you Google Captain Kilowatt. But yeah, we are here, Taylor, Ben, and I, and we're going to talk about some pretty small, minor topics like climate change, <laughs> like energy, you know, it should take us five minutes. Um, of course, I'm joking. But yeah, welcome everyone back to the Wild Idaho podcast. Uh, ben, we'll have you kick some stuff off, if you don't mind. Can you tell us, tell us and our listeners um, a little bit about what you do here at ICL? Just give them a little bit of background on your um, work in the energy sector. Okay, well, I'm the energy associate, as Austin said, and I started ICL about nine years ago, and my job is to convince our electric utilities and the state regulators to abandon fossil fuels like coal and natural gas and to invest in clean energy, and we're pretty successful doing that. Uh, That's a great way to prevent climate change and protect our air quality. And I think I read something recently. You were talking about kind of some of the successes that 2018 saw. Do you want to touch on any of those uh, real quick? Be interested for our listeners. Yeah. So one of the big things uh, that I do at ICL and a big part of our program are having utilities offer energy efficiency programs. So they give incentives to a factory to put in a, a really good new motor or they send you a kit at your home to put in new light bulbs. And those are tracked very, very carefully. The thing in energy is everything's measured down to the like last watt and penny. So we measured all the savings that happened. That equaled 184 million megawatt hours. Now that might, doesn't mean very much. A megawatt hour is just a unit of energy. It's enough to run a Walmart for one hour or a, a hundred homes for an hour. But that, uh, that's also, so we saved that amount. That means that energy wasn't needed. That means 171 billion, million pounds of carbon didn't go in the atmosphere. Sweet. All just in Idaho. All just in Idaho. So that's the type of success we're having. These small little changes that we're encouraging people to do because it saves them money also means, you know, hundreds of millions of less carbon pollution in the air. That's awesome. So I have kind of a random question, already getting off topic here a little bit, but I've noticed, especially this past month, people on like social media were doing these 10-year challenges where they'd Mm -hmm. show a picture of themselves 10 years ago and then the current picture. I mean, you've been with ICL doing this work for almost 10 years, so give us the Ben Otto 9 to 10-year challenge of of Idaho and its energy. I mean, you, you referenced some numbers there, but... What was it like and what is it like now? Um, is it like, you can, mm-hmm. you can, I know that's a loaded question, but even be right. general, like, is it good? Is it bad? 
It's good. It's way better. So in 2008, uh, when I started, or 2009, I guess, when I started, um, the utilities had these energy-saving programs, but they were looking to build new coal plants and new gas plants. And then in the couple years I first started, the utilities were looking to get rid of the efficiency programs. So we stepped into that process and said, no, no, these make sense. So now they're back and they're up and running and the savings are they've saved more energy in the last year than ever before. And we've actually been able to sign some agreements with these utilities to not only not build new coal plants, but to actually take existing coal plants offline and to close them down earlier. That's awesome. So that change from thinking about new ones 10 years ago to now closing existing coal plants uh, is a good 10-year result. Yeah. yeah. Nice work. And, and, you know, as we talk about all this energy work, the big kind of motivator, you know, I, th- I think the, the big reason you're doing all this is climate change to, mm-hmm. to reduce uh, Idaho's contribution to, to greenhouse climate change and gases. Um, give us the rundown. You know, what, as Idahoans, what are what are we what should we be worried about with regards to climate change and how does your work oh, fit right. into that? Uh, so my my work is trying to pre- prevent further harm because we're seeing already today the impacts of a changing climate. Uh, we saw new Governor Little speak to this, talking about the differences he saw just from growing up. How winters used to be much colder, much snowier, and they're just not as cold and snowy anymore. Um, globally, this year we saw one of the hotter years on record, and this summer we saw huge wildfires across the West. Uh, these and the state Department of State Lands talks about more wildfires they see on state lands. The local Forest Service talks about it, so we're seeing it right now in Idaho, uh, and. The particular things we're seeing are around wildfires, uh, changing water flows, this less snow, more rain has a big impact on our economy, and just hotter temperatures. So more water use in the summer for growing crops, more air conditioning use in the summer. Um, And that is stuff that we see right now. Um, So it's not about a future change 50 years from now. It's stuff that's happening today. And can you talk a little bit about your the intersection of like the electricity and energy work that you're doing and how mm-hmm. that goes into either mitigating the impacts or stopping climate change or reversing climate change? Like how, how are those two things related? Yeah, so the cause of this changing climate is just carbon pollution going out into our atmosphere. And that is coming from burning fossil fuels. Uh, fossil fuels are burned to generate electricity and to drive our cars. So coal, natural gas, petroleum. So my my job is to directly engage with those companies that provide that service in Idaho and the state regulators that oversee them and say, hey, let's stop releasing all this pollution in the atmosphere. Let's spend that money instead on clean stuff. And so that is my part of ICL's climate program. How do we cause less pollution to happen And that complements the other parts that we've been doing for years, uh, protecting landscapes so that wildlife have places to move and adapt to, engaging in forest planting to address the changing wildfire risk, our whole water program that's looking to protect clean and plentiful water in the face of change. Uh, That's about adapting to the change that's going to happen regardless. 
and my job and our energy program is about stopping the bleeding and making a cleaner system overall. That makes sense. Um, one of the arguments I've heard you make before for um, some of this energy work that made a lot of sense to me. So first of all, Idaho does not have any coal power plants. Is that correct? Within uh, our boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, We do have actually the sugar beet plants. Oh. I forget. They're tiny and they, they do burn a little bit of coal, but that's changing quickly. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> then, but Idaho buys a lot of energy that is produced yeah. by out-of-state coal plants. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, anywhere from a third to 60% of the electricity we use each year uh, is imported from out-of-state. And that's largely from a coal plant or a gas plant. And so one of the arguments I've heard you make that I think is very compelling, in addition to kind of the environmental implications or the economic and mm. the um, and kind of the autonomy of Idaho by investing in our own resources here in the state, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so to the extent we import electricity generated someplace else from a coal plant in Wyoming or Nevada or Montana or from a gas field uh, in Wyoming, same places, turns out, mm-hmm. uh, that all that money flows there and it doesn't stay here. And so that is an economic drain from us. And so instead, it, so for electricity, that um, number is could be in the neighborhood of half a million, half a billion dollars a year, $500 million that we would spend importing. Wow. So our thought is, let's just take that money and reinvest it here in Idaho. We can, we have solar, we have wind, we have geothermal, we have our hydro system. Uh, We can get the electricity we need and all that money stays here and puts our people to work and pays taxes in our community. And removes our dependence on other states or other countries right. in, That's the in other that part of sector, it. right? Yeah, I think transportation is an even better example. 100% of our transportation fuels come from other states. We don't even have a refinery. So we're 100% reliant on a pipeline down to Salt Lake and some trucking that happens. And any good military commander says step one is you control your supply lines, take care of your, the key resources you need to fuel your economy and what you want to do. Uh, is, is step one. So transportation, that's $4 billion a year that we're, ex- that we're sending out of state for fossil fuels. We can invest right here in our electric grid, clean that up, power, le- power our cars with electricity. We're going to spend that $4 billion regardless. Let's just spend it here at home. Awesome. More secure, more, more local jobs. It's, you know, it, it's a fun thought exercise to be like, what could we do with $4 billion? Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> And think of like the Jetsons, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's a, that's a ton of money. That's incredible. And it's not that's not new money. Like we're spending that already. Right. We're that's spending it on gasoline. So let's just reinvest it. Let's re- spend it here instead. Hmm. So, Ben, I'm curious. We um, you know, we're very lucky to work with you here at ICL because when I read a news article or if something comes up, I just walk to your office and I say, Ben, what does this mean? And so, you know, you, you distill it down for all of us here. But, you know, we've, we've talked about the regulators. We've talked about the Public Utilities Commission. Um, there, there's all sorts of things that go into the work that you do that maybe everyday Idahoans might not know about or might not feel comfortable weighing in on. So from the perspective of an everyday Idahoan, what is something they can do to kind of engage on your work? There's so much that you can do, <laughs> Austin. 
Uh, take out a $4 billion loan. Take yeah. out a $4 billion <laughs> loan. Well, so this does seem like climate change can seem so overwhelming because it's this global problem and you're like, oh my God, what really? Like, what can I actually do? Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's actually uh, electricity and transportation. Each person is actually uniquely suited to have a direct impact. Every time you flip a light switch, every time you drive your car around, uh, you're voting with those dollars about whether you want to consume something or not. And so as a citizen, that's actually an extremely large amount of power. Like You can't really influence, say, Albertson's grocery store as directly. They have a lot of customers. They can just look for somebody else. But your electric utility, it's the only one you got. You don't get to choose. Uh, so you as a citizen have not, you don't necessarily have to dive into all the complicated issues. All you have to know is, this is my electric provider. The state gives me a lot of rights to have a lead influence on them. I got an electric switch in my house so I can have direct influence. And start from there. So things you can do. I mentioned the energy saving programs. Those are just incentives waiting for you to use. So you could go on the internet to your electric provider, look at maybe some more insulation for your house. Uh, you can get a free energy audit to where they just assess your home and figure out where you might be able to save. Uh, you can order a free energy kit that just gets delivered to your house and swap out some light bulbs. And can I jump in real quick? I want to break that down a little bit because I remember when I started working here, one of the questions I asked you about was about these energy savings kits because you were mm-hmm. encouraging, like, people should do this. People should sign up and, like, go to Idaho Power's website and say, give me my free energy savings kit. And I was so confused about why an, uh, why a company that makes money off of selling me electricity would send me a kit that would reduce the amount of electricity I was using. And you explained it to me super well and it made sense, and I'm wondering if you can kind of break that down for our listeners too. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and do it again. It's, it is complicated and it's kind of weird. If you think of a grocery store, like I mentioned, Albertsons, uh, imagine going in them and saying like, okay, we got this great deal. Uh, you sell milk, right? So how about you sell 10% less milk? That's good, huh? <laughs> and they're going to look at you like you're crazy, pound sand. And so that's kind of what we're saying to the electric utilities. Hey, sell less of your product. Uh, so why do they do that? The first part is that the state regulators, the Public Utilities Commission, has a lot of control and influence over the where the utilities spend their money. And they, the utilities built this electric grid that's a certain size, can cer- serve a certain amount of need. And if there's more need than they can serve, they're going to have to build a power plant. That's really expensive. So the regulators say, let's try to avoid building that power plant. And one way to do that is by helping customers use energy more efficiently. So the idea is same amount of light, but with less less electricity. Same amount of warm house, but more insulation, so less electricity. So by helping you save a little bit of electricity, they avoid the big new power plant, and we all save a whole lot of money because helping what we've proven is helping customers save is way less expensive than building a big, new, fancy power plant that sits out on the edge of town. That makes sense. It's interesting to me, too. This is me just openly riffing, but um, it's so, like, my wife and I are trying to buy uh, a new used car right now, and one of the questions we have is, 
like technology is advancing so quickly that in five years, um, you know, we'd love to buy an electric vehicle, but the battery, buying a used electric vehicle, the batteries are kind of an issue. Usually when they're being sold, the batteries need replaced. And so it's like mm-hmm. kind of a, a big upfront cost. Um, and so we're, we're trying to run these numbers on like, okay, let's get an old enough car. So in four or five years when EVs maybe are like, they figured all that stuff out, we're, we're in a position to buy another car. And hopefully that one's powered by electricity. And that's with a car. That's like a personal decision. I mean, you mm-hmm. mentioned some of these decisions these power companies that's times a thousand it's like how do we make the current system last so we're not expending millions of dollars um not only to build something but we're seeing i feel like we're seeing this rising um i don't know what to call it but but people are saying hey yeah you produce that energy but you're also you're on the hook for cleaning up you know your air emissions or your Mm -hmm. contribution to climate change so it's a, it's a huge financial gamble. It seems like a huge financial gamble to utility companies. Um, I mean, you'd have to be nuts about data to make any sort of decision. <laughs> yeah, I the mean, amount of data is pretty amazing involved in these decisions. A huge financial gamble for them to like build a new facility, is that what you're saying? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, like if, uh, you know, if, if the grid was kind of maxed out mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, do we switch light bulbs or do we like <laughs> build a new power plant? I mean, that's, that's got to be a tough call. It's a really oh, tough call. Yeah. I mean, it is a really odd business. So back, remember this started, well, maybe you don't remember, but because it happened a long time ago, Thomas Edison came up with the light sure bulb. Yeah. Yeah. My buddy Tom. <laughs> I was so impressed with him. Yeah. He had some great ideas. So he had the light bulb, and he also came up with the power plant, and they kind of built up a little system that was real local in New York and thought, hey, this is pretty sweet. People liked it. They got electricity. But it's super complicated and super expensive. How are you going to afford this and how are you going to pay for it? So he had his buddy, Samuel Insull, some businessman banker, who figured out the model we have in America today, which is power company gets exclusive customers, us like your city or town or whatever it is, and uh, the state will oversee the power company, make sure they spend the money in the right way. And that's how we built this giant, very, very complicated system. But all that is premised on building, say, a power plant and then paying for it for 20, 30, 40 years. And today, as time changes really quick, that's a big, uh, that's a really complicated kind of setup to have in today's world. And that's one of the things we're really running into and one of the things we at ICL poke on and, and use when we're in these regulatory proceedings, talking with utilities, talking with customers, is we're making decisions today that is going to last 20, 30, 40 years. If a utility wants to build a natural gas power plant, they're going to make a decision that we're all on the hook for 20, 30 years. Mm. And that makes us really nervous. And that's why we want to pay close attention now and have people weigh in. And we want like regular citizens, all you ICL supporters and members to tell their utilities that they value clean energy, right? Because that, right. that's part of that decision-making process. And and is it right to say that since they're regulated by the state, I mean, you talked a little bit about the state rights that mm-hmm. people have to weigh in with their utilities. Right. So like people have a voice and, and the utilities to some degree have to listen to them, right? Or have to at least take it into consideration. Is that right? Yeah, they have to under the state rules and they utilities really do take it into consideration a lot of utility it's a weird thing but a lot of utility executives compensation is based on the consumer surveys consumer 
satisfaction surveys wow. that like JD Power and Associates does. You might see on TV. Huh. Uh, so utilities are oddly sensitive to customer desires. So it makes them very good for people to like contact, right? Because right. it's not just like falling up against a wall. That's a bad analogy, but it's like <laughs> actually there's somebody there that they're talking to who has a vested interest in caring about what they have to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so uh, that's and there's some key opportunities coming up now. So our local utilities are doing their next round of 20-year future plans about what power plants to rely on. Uh, and you now is a great opportunity to weigh in and be like, hey, we see the future. We want to see you invest in clean energy options. We don't want to see this money flowing out of state for fossil fuels. We want clean air and affordable electricity and reliable electricity, and we can do that here at home. And just saying that simple message is enough. That expresses consumer desire. And once you say that and utilities hear that, we can all figure out the details. Like the details are the details and they're very complicated. Uh, but what we need is the customers and people speaking up saying, this is the direction that we expect you to go. Uh, that's very powerful and you all have, and everyone listening has an uh, oddly large amount of power to influence <laughs> the power utilities. Power. Um, yeah, I think that's awesome. I feel like it's, um, it can seem so intimidating to engage with a utility or a, a government agency or something if you don't feel like you know all these minute details. And so I think breaking it down in that way makes it seem a lot easier for somebody who doesn't know, like Austin was saying, all the technical yeah. aspects of it to still say, I understand that we're buying energy from out of state. And I don't want that. I want clean energy that isn't polluting our air, and I want to invest in Idaho's economy. Can you take that into consideration? Like, yeah, it can just be that simple. I think yeah. part of it is the is is a game being played. After doing this for nine or ten years, I definitely got sucked into how wonky everything can be, all the facts and figures, and it's all very complicated. Mm -hmm. And I kind of realized, like, oh well, maybe that's being used to exclude people, to scare people away from speaking up and weighing in. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're excited about this campaign and, and really engaging with people because I think it really is as simple as just saying, here's what I expect. I'm your customer. I don't get to choose who my provider is. I do get to choose the products that I buy. Mm -hmm. And I want to buy clean products. And that's your right as a customer. Hmm. That's Yeah. So it's amazing how much power. I think you've hit the nail on the head. Like, it is... We talked to a lot of members, a lot of supporters, and they're they're nervous to get engaged on these because there's so many wonky names and you know references to policy documents, acronyms but, galore. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> everyone throw out your favorite acronym. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it, it's like all you have to do is stand up and say, you know, this is what I expect, and that yeah. there's so much power in that statement alone. It's awesome. And I think the other part, too, is, like, talking to people about what's important to you. Because I think it can be, like, mm -hmm. people get nervous about, like, I don't want to be a nag. I don't want to tell everyone to turn their lights off or, like, why are you keeping your house at 80 degrees in the winter or whatever. But I think that, you know, there's a lot. Humans are social beings. And I think that when you talk about what's important to you and what values you have and set a good example for your community, that that can also be hugely impactful. And telling people that, like, hey, I did this thing and... I think it's cool, and I think we should all stand up for this. I think that, like, the social movement of things is pretty powerful as well. Yeah, for sure. It's much more fun to do this kind of work and activity in community. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of energy decisions happen just in like in the privacy of your own home or um, so why not make it more fun there's been these cool programs out there around the country I've seen where neighborhoods might compete against each other to see who can save the most energy or schools might compete against each other and uh, that, that can be a really fun way to both kind of learn some new things but you save actual dollars mm -hmm. and you save actual air pollution and uh, so it's another area that we're thinking maybe that that's right for Idaho. Could you imagine the schools, like all the fifth grades competing about who could, which school could save the most energy? I would totally compete with my neighbors. I love competition. <laughs> they say, uh, I think I've read somewhere that like millennials or whomever's ruining the world these days, um, to really engage them, you have to gamify everything, like turn everything into a <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah. So there, there you go. We're gamifying energy conservation. The youths, as you like to say. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a real, it's a real thing because you, it's hard. We, I want to acknowledge that a lot of energy efficiencies programs are around things like insulate your home, buy a new refrigerator, get a new dishwasher. That's expensive. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a bunch of money to lay down, like a a marginal incentive is helpful, but it's not going to do everything. So these kind of games and just things you can do at home on your own that are free, uh, you have a big impact. You're sticking it to the utility. I'm not buying your product. I'm not causing this air pollution. I didn't spend any money. I just flipped a switch. I had a dinner party so my friends didn't have to cook at home. I used uh, the slow cooker instead of the oven. Uh, I well, actually, the pressure cooker is what I meant. Slow cookers are fine, too, but pressure cookers are mm. really neat. Yeah, because they're so fast. Because they're so fast. So there's tons of little stuff you can do. Just turning your thermostat two degrees. You can almost not notice that, but if we all did it, the electric system notices. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, I also want to just emphasize that there's tons of just little things you can do every day around the home. That if everybody does it, does it, and you talk to your neighbors and your friends and they do it, like we, at the end of the day, we see it. We see it in the reports. We see that cumulative impact, and it adds up. I think that's a really good point, too, because I think it can sound um, flippant at times to be like, well, we all just need to buy an electric car and, yeah, re-insulate our homes. Done. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not financially feasible for most people. So it makes a lot of sense to think about, like, like you said, turning your house down a few degrees and using... Or transportation, you know, like riding your bike or walking as often mm -hmm. as possible or not letting your car idle for a long period of time. And, yeah, I think that it gives people the power to participate, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So these, you know, um, you're always doing this work. And it's, you know, you're going to PEC meetings, working with utilities. If folks say they're listening to this, they're really jazzed, and, and you know, they're going to go home and turn down their thermostat. But say they want that little bit more. Is there some place they can go to find out uh, opportunities? You mentioned some some twenty year planning the utilities are doing. Um, where, where where can we send folks to check out more information? A good place to start is the Con Idaho Conservation League website. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, somebody told me the actual address, but now I'm forgetting it. I think I it's... can I can ring in on this. It's <laughs> IdahoConservation.org/energy. There's some helpful information that Ben has put together that I'm. Making it look pretty. Yeah, so we're working on a landing page there, and so some of the resources we want to aim people at are there's opportunities for you to weigh in directly to your utility, speak up to clip for clean energy. Uh, we'll have some tips there about things you can do at home. 
um, some links where you can might get a free energy savings kit or some other things uh, your utility might provide. Uh, so that's that's always a great place to to start. Nice. Ben, this has been awesome. It's always nice to check in. We're gonna do this again because climate change is a big issue. Um, it's like you said, we're seeing the effects now. We're gonna see the effects long into the future. But we're not hopeless. You've you've given us so many things that not only Haley and I and all ICL staffs can work staff members can work on, but all of our supporters out there. So thanks for being here. It's been awesome to chat. Um, Captain Kilowatts, Cap- once again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> El Capitan. What, what's kilowatt in Spanish? Does anyone know? Nope. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we'll just stick with Captain Kilowatt then. Um, so yeah, that wraps up my, my poor outro here. Um, that's another Wild Idaho episode. So thank you guys. As always, these episodes are made possible by our members. Um, if you're not a member, go to idahoconservation.org. There's a, a join button. Donate. Yeah, donate, donate button. button. Um, You can click on that. We have all sorts of membership options that you can explore. Really appreciate all of our members out there. Thank you guys so much. And uh, if you like the Wild Idaho podcast, please don't forget to share it with people you think might enjoy it or comment um, and uh, leave us a review, whatever. Send us an email if there's a topic you want us to cover. We're always open to ideas and thoughts, and we like hearing from you guys. And with that, we will see you guys next time.